everyone. I'm Anita Lustria, and I want to welcome you to the podcast version of Mike Murphy's Friday Rumblings. For years, these have been a Facebook post each Friday. I decided these words were worth spreading to a wider audience and worth making accessible in another format that might be easier for some people. Full disclosure, Mike Murphy is my husband, and this was not his idea. In fact, I'm the narrator. Rob Bell says, everything is spiritual. You might listen to this podcast and say, wait a minute, sounds like there is some political content included. I would simply echo Rob Bell's words, everything is spiritual. Give the rumblings a listen and see if you agree, or maybe you'll disagree, but I guarantee it will be food for thought. Whether you agree or disagree, keep the conversation going. Also, if you want a print version of the rumblings, you can find it in the show notes or friend Mike on Facebook. Now, are you ready to rumble? Rumble one. I no longer pray for peace. On the edge of war, one foot already in, I no longer pray for peace. I pray for miracles. I pray that stone hearts will turn to tender-heartedness and evil intentions will turn to mercifulness, and all the soldiers already deployed will be snatched out of harm's way, and the whole world will be astounded onto its knees. I pray that all the God talk will take bones and stand up and shed its cloak of faithlessness and walk again in its powerful truth. I pray that the whole world might sit down together and share its bread and its wine. Some say there is no hope, but then I've always applauded the holy fools who never seem to give up on the scandalousness of our faith, that we are loved by God, that we can truly love one another. I no longer pray for peace. I pray for miracles. Anne Weems. Living in a locked and loaded culture means too many are trusting what's in their holster more than God these days. That's dangerous. That's why I pray for miracles too. Rumble 2. I'm of the opinion that God is always up to something. What is God up to now? I'm not entirely sure, but I kind of think God wants to do something big by asking us to go small. We've been through a long season of go big or go home. Maybe God wants that to end. Maybe he wants us to do the basic things again, to take baby steps, to do the little things well, to breathe deeply and act righteously. Perhaps God wants us to forsake mega-faith and all that involves and replace it with a simpler, less politicized, and less frenetic way of being God's people. I think one of the reasons the awakening-slash-revival at Asbury College was so meaningful and captivating is due to the fact those in leadership didn't let big-shot, name-brand Christians hijack it. They chose to go small and God honored that decision. Rumble 3. Last Saturday, on what extremist groups were calling a National Day of Hate, we headed to Church of the Palms to listen to biblical scholar Dr. Amy Jill Levine. 
Dr. Levine talked a bit about the day of hate saying, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, on this day of hate, a Presbyterian church is filled with both Christians and Jews who came to listen to an Orthodox Jewish woman who just happens to be a New Testament scholar speaking about the Jewishness of Jesus. Everyone smiled and clapped when she said it, and when she ended her talk, she was greeted by a standing ovation. What better way to stare down hate than a show of solidarity, huh? Levine remarked in her talk that if we're reading the Bible at age 66 the same way we read the Bible at age 6, something is wrong. She's right. I have a hunch the Bible the Day of Hate folks read is interpreted in childish, not childlike, ways. And thus, their understanding of it is fairly primitive, as are their motives and tactics. Rumble 4. Remember the temptation of Jesus in the desert. See Matthew 4, 1-11. through 11. Three temptations to the misuse of power are listed, economic, religious, and political. Even Jesus must face these subtle disguises before he begins any public ministry. This is a warning to all of us. Richard Rohr. This reading comes at us on the first Sunday of Lent every year. It's sobering. How are we being tempted to misuse power these days? What are the economic, religious, and political enticements that pull at us and whisper sweet nothings in our ear? Rumble 5. Change is not what we expect from religious people. They tend to love the past more than the present or the future. Richard Rohr. Not just love the past. Religious folks like to put their love of the past in a box, wrap it in pretty paper, put a bow on it, and then put it on an altar and worship it. Rumble 6. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is the most adaptable to change, that lives within the means available and works cooperatively against common threats. Charles Darwin. Darwin paid close attention to patterns of behavior in different species. He championed evolution. I appreciate his discoveries. Others don't. Lots of religious folks don't like anything that smacks of evolutionary theory. Why? Because theories like that challenge both the biblical narrative and the biblical literalism they've anchored themselves to. It gives them the shivers just thinking about such things. The problem is that a faith rooted in biblical literalism, sincere as it may be, isn't able to handle the kind of challenges science, history, and even scripture itself presents. Those challenges are seen as attacks. So the wagons get circled and a lifetime is spent trying to debunk anything that challenges their belief that the Bible contains the answers to everything. It's an immature response. It thwarts spiritual growth, actually. It's fear-based. It requires trying to make the Bible speak about all kinds of things that it really doesn't address. And it keeps them from exploring the interesting things that people like Darwin try to teach us. Rumble 7. Fox News lied. It was brazen. It involved their highest-level punditainers who willingly 
promoted the false narrative that the election was stolen. Why would they do this? Greed, lack of integrity, a foundation of disrespect for their listeners, and a willful dismissal of patriotism are all pieces of the puzzle. Rumble 8. The desert is a place of spiritual revolution, not of personal retreat. It is a place of inner protest, not outward peace. It is a place of deep encounter, not of superficial escape. It is a place of repentance, not recuperation. The desert is a necessary stage on the spiritual journey. To avoid it would be harmful. Ironically, you do not have to find the desert in your life. It normally catches up with you. Everyone does go through the desert. It may be in the form of some suffering or emptiness or breakdown or breakup or divorce or any kind of trauma that occurs in our life. If we go through this experience involuntarily, then it can be both overwhelming and crushing. If, however, we accept to undergo this experience voluntarily, then it can prove both constructive and liberating. John Chrisavage. We may not call it a desert experience. We might call it a dry time, where we experience more desolation than consolation. We often make the mistake of believing we can ignore it. How do you avoid what is? Oh, one can try to fill their life with laughs and distractions, but it doesn't seem to work. Sometimes the spiritual life requires us to do some very hard work, to face the pain, to own up to our stuff, and to allow our good God to do his healing work in our lives. Rumble 9. Sister Jean, who made a name for herself during Loyola Chicago's inspirational 2018 Final Four run, is now 103 years old. She just published her memoir entitled Wake Up With Purpose, What I Learned in My First Hundred Years. Probably worth a look-see. She still serves as a chaplain to students, including the men's basketball team. Wonder what the next hundred will bring. Rumble 10. We're learning here in Florida that when one political party has a supermajority, a democracy begins to look and sound like an autocracy. Every decision is heavy-handed, and the rhetoric is harsh and condescending. Gun-toting fringe groups have a bigger voice, and God becomes more of a right-wing nut job and not the Prince of Peace. Be careful how you vote, friends. There are consequences, big ones, especially in this pivot point moment in time.